Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info and odds. This is G. Hey Wiley from the Arash Marakazi Show telling you find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for the Masters Championship and the start to the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports sporting wagering needs, including live betting which is dangerous, but my favorite, and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on popular sports and games. Bet online, guys, where the game starts. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello on a beautiful Monday and welcome to the Rosh Markazi Show on the Mighty Air 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producers Jihei Wiley and Armani Buckets. How are we doing on this glorious Monday? Well, you know, I'm glad that we didn't go to San Diego because the Dodgers actually um, went two for one. So I, I, I think this whole weekend and this Monday is a plus yeah. just because of that. So. I'm ha- I'm actually happy on a Monday. I know, which so. does not happen often. I was gonna say, <laughs> I am not too happy. The Chicago Bulls are again, once again, a national embarrassment. Um, <laughs> I, so you're back you know, on that. You're back on that train now. It, it has to them. be on that train now. It's, it's a roller coaster for you, man. It is. It really is. They got my hopes up, and again, uh, crushed them very, very quickly and effortlessly. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was thinking about you. We will get into that. A lot to get into, as normal and as usual, on a Monday. With that said, let's get to today's headlines. Well, the Dodgers didn't sweep the Padres in San Diego, but they won two of three games and their lone loss on Saturday night was in extra innings. The Dodgers are now a league-best 10 and four after scoring a season high 10 runs in their 10 to 2 win over the Padres on Sunday. You're welcome, little brother, over there. <laughs> um, the Dodgers are now in Arizona to start a three game series with the Diamondbacks tonight. What was the highlight of this weekend series in San Diego for you, Arash? Well, there was a few, but I mean, I loved the turnout and not a surprise in terms of the number of Dodger fans there. It felt like Dodger Stadium South. They have called it that before, but it really felt like that this weekend. Anytime, and I'm sure that the Padres are thrilled with this too, because here's why they had the highest attendance for a Dodger series in the history of Petco Park. So what does that mean? It means concessions, it means seats, it means tickets, it means parking. So I, I know they are happy about that. They can't be happy, right, about losing two or three. and They, they can't be happy about the number of blue uh, Dodger fans. But the highlight for me was that game yesterday, Sunday, G. Hey, 10 to 2, that that's a nice Sunday afternoon uh, victory where you can just breathe easy. Uh, you're not stressed about the game. This team, and they're not firing on all cylinders. Mookie Betts is still hitting 190-something. He's below 200. Um, But when you're this deep, when you're this talented, when you're this good, it doesn't matter. You can have certain guys struggle, and some other guys will pick you up. And so, you know, the fact that they won in blowout fashion, the fact that they won 10-2, the fact that they are a league best 10-4, and This all is fantastic, and so it it won't be a simple 
pathway to the division title. I think the uh, Giants will be right there. I think the Padres will be right there. But just loved, uh, you know, the way that this team's playing right now. Uh, so, yeah, the whole thing. But really, the turnout by the Dodger fans. Again, not surprising, but when I when I looked at that schedule and I said, oop, Friday night, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday afternoon, perfect three-day weekend in San Diego, and the Dodger fans showed up and showed out. Yeah, no, I mean, I... I they always do. They always it's a two-hour. It's a two-hour drive, and if you're not feeling, but the if it's drive a weekday, but I knew that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. I think that's when we went to like those yes. days. That that series always fits perfectly. If you can do a Friday night beginning of the series, Saturday, Sunday, beautiful. No, a hundred percent. I was a little concerned. Um, when Kershaw was on the mound for the third yeah. uh, game because it just was looking like they were coming back. But you know what? You're right. After I think after a few innings um, after that, it was like smooth sailing. So mm-hmm. it was really nice to watch. Um, you know, it was re- yeah, it was just really nice to watch. It was nice to watch them win. It was nice to watch. You know, even if they had to lose an extra innings, like, one game, it's in the grand scheme of things, is going to be nil. So yeah. I, I was very happy with their performance and what they did. I'm really hope. Thank God they're deep. Right? They Thank are. God yeah. they're deep because if not, we would be speaking a different tune right now. This yeah. wouldn't be the greatest Monday of, of all time for me at, at But you know, at least. sweeping a division rival is always hard, but I'm thrilled that they won two of three because I, I can never get over the fact that when we went down to San Diego, and it was a fun trip, you had my sandwich, it was really good. It was delicious. Uh, but the Dodgers got swept. By the way, that was, the again, the high watermark of the Padres series and season. That was after, after that was over, the Padres uh, didn't really do a whole lot. The uh, Giants and the Dodgers at that point. Uh, you know, really kind of walked away or run, run away with the division. A lot going on in the uh, studio as we try to figure. <laughs> you know, it is a Monday. It, and, is, it and is. The beauty of technology. We're all, uh, you know, still playing around with that. But really, really <laughs> quick, Buckets, I know you're not a baseball fan. You had to love that score. 21 to nothing. I thought I was watching a football game there for a second. That, that was insane when I saw it on the ticker. I was like, is that real? And I had to like double check the, that Cubs uh, box score. I'm still trying to figure out. Yeah, that was insane. I don't know if this Cubs team is going to be any good but it was so cool to see them actually you know give you that that jolt of energy 21 nothing when i saw that score i was i was shocked that's insane i i thought I thought there was a misprint on the All right, I was like, are they playing? Is that like an old Chicago Bears score? Yeah. Like, what the heck is going on there? 21 yeah. to nothing in baseball. No, definitely. Well, moving on, the Los Angeles Kings are right on the brink of clinching their first playoff berth since 2018. The Kings have won four straight games and five of their last six, while the Vegas Golden Knights have lost three of their last four games. Not only can the Kings clinch a postseason berth, but they're also um, just two points from finishing second in the division with the playoffs seemingly in hand. Do you guys think this team has what it takes to win their first playoff series since winning the Stanley Cup in 2014? I think so. And by the way, that is an amazing step. I mean, the fact that they have not won a playoff series again, they, they've, they've missed the postseason past three years, but have not won a playoff series since winning the Stanley Cup back in 2014. I like the way that they're closing out the season. So usually whenever you see a team make the playoffs late, whether it's the last day of the season or last weekend, that's what they're, they are going to do that. Now, they're basically like in the playoffs right now, but with two games left, they have not officially clinched it. So they will clinch it at some point this week. And the way that they're closing out the season, I like them going into the postseason. And I don't know whether they are going to uh, finish number two or three in the Pacific, but either way, they they will be in the postseason. But when you when you finish off a season winning four straight, five straight, six straight, or five of six, or something along those lines, 
you're going into the postseason with that kind of momentum, which is exactly what they need. So I like the way that they are playing right now. I'm not going to go on a, you know, a huge limb here and say that they're going to win the cup or make a cup run, which again, they did as a late seed in 2012 and 2014. But I do like them to not only make the postseason, but to actually win that first round series because of the way that they are playing right now and this will help them this was sort of the beginning of their turn uh, in terms of they were rebuilding for three years when like if this team wins a cup within the next two years we will look at this as sort of the moment where they learned to win meaningful games i mean i'm going with you on the opposite end saying they're gonna make obviously clinch this playoff berth but I think this is a foundation for next year, to win it all next year. Mm. Um, I only say that because this team is still young. They yeah. still don't have that experience. Yes, they have you know, three veterans on their side that have been there before and that have um, already dealt with this. But I just don't think that they have enough to go on that run. Prove me wrong, though. Oh, yeah. Prove me wrong like the Clippers did last year. Prove me wrong. I will gladly be, I will be front and center for that um, for the next South Bay uh, parade. Uh, if they win Have the you sensed the vibe like during this? Uh, you not know, yet. not yet. Not yet. It, it is such a playoff hockey town, and I don't want to knock our beautiful city of uh, you know Manhattan Beach and the South Bay, but the hopping on the bandwagon with the Kings really doesn't begin until that first playoff game. And so, yes, while they're clo- closing out the season strong, they will make the postseason. The vibe is not quite there just yet. Yeah, I feel like that it's not going to happen until. They, uh, until they actually make the playoffs. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, or until the playoffs actually start. Well, we thought Armani Buckets was crazy <laughs> when we when he said the I still think seed. he's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has his days. He has his moments. Um, but when he said the eighth seed New Orleans Pelicans have a chance to beat the number one seed Phoenix Suns and the seventh seed Minnesota Timberwolves have a chance to beat the number two seed Memphis Grizzlies. Both of those series are now tied two at two and two. And we have a best of three series that could go either way. What are the chances the top two seeds in the West will be out in the first round? I do want to defer to Armani Buckets here because I'm thinking of him while I'm watching that series. While the Devin Booker thing has really played into the way the Pelicans series has played out, you, you, I like these teams that get into the playoffs with the play-in tournament. And this could be a thing now where you kind of on that high of winning that big play-in tournament, like you get that seven seed, you get that eight seed. This would be an amazing thing, and there's no way this has happened in the history of the league where the top two seeds lose in the first round. I don't think that's happened. I don't think that happens here, but would not be shocked at this point in time. The thing with the Suns is last night's game was incredibly fun to watch, but the way that the young Pelicans were kind of disrespectful to Chris Paul. <laughs> I can't wait to see how the Suns respond because yeah. they basically didn't even, it didn't phase them in a way where they didn't go back and forth with them yesterday. But when you go to Phoenix now, I'm expecting the veteran Suns to try to punch them in the mouth. And that's why I still think Suns got this. Mm. But personally, I love upsets. I think we all probably sure. love upsets. I want to see Brandon Ingram and then pull it off. In the yeah. other series, I think it's a toss up. The funny thing is Kevin Durant hasn't played well all postseason long, and it's kind of overshadowed the fact that other guys have had terrible postseasons. John Morant has not showed up basically at all. all. His defense has been terrible. His offense has been non-existent, and he's really kind of getting bailed out by his teammates Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, and those guys. So that series is a complete toss-up. But this, the fact that you said the top two seeds in the West in danger of losing in round one, unheard of. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think that Phoenix is going to get kicked out, kicked to the curb by New Orleans, but it's a fun ride. Oh, um, yeah. Looking in right now yeah. on, on this and how, and I'm always a huge purveyor of, of momentum. Yeah. I think it's phenomenal. Like, I mean, that's what the tournament's all about, right? When you watch the tourney, it's like these guys that go on these runs. Um, and I think that that's where New Orleans is right now, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, but in the case of Memphis, man, like this is put up or shut up time yeah. right now. Like you got to sure. show up, man. Like Katie's not showing up. Jaw's not showing up. Like th- these are the times and it's the first round. This isn't like, you know, I got hurt like later on in the, you know, what, whatever, like in the, the third round of like the of the Western Conference Finals or the Eastern Conference Finals. Th- this is the first round. You're supposed to already be like. You're already supposed yeah. to be good at this point, right? You're already supposed to know what what you're doing. So th- this is kind of disappointing on, I guess, both fronts for these guys. Um, do I see them all both getting kicked out? I mean, I could see Memphis getting kicked out. The, the Memphis way thing wouldn't surprise yeah. me just because they're still a young team. Yeah. They're learning how to play these games, but but they're still the two seed. You can't lose in round one, though. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. agree. Yeah. It I would agree. be a terrible look if they lost yeah. this this round. No, definitely. Well, guys, there was a lot of talk about the significance of winning a championship in the bubble, but it seems like this postseason and last postseason have been defined by health more than anything else. The healthiest team, not necessarily the best team, will come out on top. Do you agree with that? And do you think there is more of an asterisk on the two-season post-bubble than the actual bubble championship. I, I get the question because the Lakers won the championship and everyone's like, it's in the bubble, it's in Florida. I will say, if you talk to guys who played in that, in the bubble, they will say that was the highest level of basketball that they've been a part of just because the focus was on the game. They, they didn't go home, they didn't go to the club. All the focus during that 100 days, if you made it to the finals, was on the game. So I never thought that that was a tainted title. I think this is just life. I think a lot of people have gone through a lot these past two years, and whether it's mental, whether it's physical, this is just part of playing the game. Last season, I thought this affected it more in terms of there was only 70 days off between the end of the finals to the beginning of that next season. That's why when I talked to people who were around the league, they said there's no way that if you made it to even the conference finals, you have a chance to succeed this particular season. There's just no way. And that's 100% true. No team that played in at least the conference finals uh, made it past the first round. But this year... Not so much. I get where people are coming from, but listen, if you win a championship, you've you've there, there's no asterisks, like in my view. I think you've played through it, like everyone's playing through uh, whether guys are hurt and you you don't have a full roster. So no, I I, I do not put an asterisk on the bubble title or on this one. The injury thing is always going to be a yeah. deal. There's Celtics fans from 2010 that still say if Kendrick Perkins wasn't hurt, <laughs> they would have won. You could do this every single season for any team mm-hmm. in any situation. So I don't want to really hear it. There is certain guys that it's like you should have expected that guy to get hurt. Not yeah. No offense, but sure. certain guys are more injury prone than others. And for that, I, I have even less of an excuse and less of a tolerance, but injuries are a part of the game. No, 100%. I totally agree with you. I think regardless, injuries are... are a part of any sport right um and it's how you deal with your injury right if you can you tom brady it and maybe elongate your muscles or figure a way out of you know making it so that you can 
play with that injury or what have you. Yeah. It, it's all about how you how you figure out your health and how to deal with your health. Some some do it better than others, right? Um, yeah. Some play through the pain. Some are like, screw it, like this is my only chance to ever get a title, so I'm just gonna go for it. Um, others, you know, they're like a, a little bit more caution cautionary because they're like, you know what? I have a family to feed. I have like other things going on in my life. You know, this is the least of my problems. I want to be able to pick up my kids when they're, you know, and play with my kids when they're older. So um, health is always going to be an issue. And I think that's always been an issue for every single, uh, any anybody that's sure. in this league right now. So, well, on the flip side, guys, Armani Buckets also said, <laughs> we're so picking oh, on God. you today, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Happy Monday. Um, he also said that the Chicago Bulls would win the series against the Milwaukee Bucks, but the Bucks are now up 3 to one in the series and close out the Bulls in game five. What has gone wrong for the Bulls? Listen, I'm going to once again defer to our boy here because uh, like I'm watching the series thinking about him and thank God I don't take gambling advice from Armani <laughs> Buckets because I would be in the poorhouse right now. I will say this. I miss Caruso and he could have had a bad postseason and I would still miss Caruso, but just watching this guy, uh, there's so many moments where I'm like, I mean, because it wasn't like they treated him. They literally let him walk for nothing because of the luxury task. The Los Angeles Lakers, which is one of the most profitable, uh, valuable franchises in the world of sports. You talk about Manchester United, New York Yankees, Cowboys. The, you let a glue guy like this, a huge role player, a guy that every championship needs a... A guy like him. Like, if you're a championship team, you want a guy like Caruso. So just watching him, he's been a bright spot for me watching him with Chicago. But Buckets, what's gone wrong with your team? Everything. Everything has <laughs> gone wrong. And I am more upset at myself for believing in them after I was already, like, done with them than I am at the team for, for failing. This team, the one thing that pisses me off the most about <laughs> Chicago Bulls fans is the ones that say that this is only year one. DeMar DeRozan <laughs> is 32, gonna be 33. There is no time to waste. There yeah, is right. no, Vooch is not getting any younger and Lonzo Ball, where is Lonzo Ball? All this talk about Anthony Davis street closed this and Ben Simmons that. I'm not saying keep the same energy for Lonzo Ball, but I'm not saying don't keep the same energy because <laughs> where has he been? I mean, all I have to say is I told you so on the Lonzo Ball thing, like you were all hype in the beginning of the season and he was doing well for you and like for the first however many months and I was like, just wait, just wait till <laughs> Lonzo Ball gets hurt or something happens and he will be on that bench. It's just, it's so disheartening and this team, it's like they're gonna go even further in my opinion, in the wrong direction. They're gonna add more veterans to think that this team, Lonzo Ball, even if he's there, this team is getting their butts whooped in round one. No matter what, this team is not a title contender. And the Bulls fans, by the time they realize it, it's gonna be way too late. And then we're gonna be in the middle of another rebuild. And I don't know if I can be a part of that. How many rebuilds <laughs> can we do? So, like, you you do not stay with your team. Like, you are no longer a Chicago Bears fan. You are, I, maybe you were a Cubs fan. Maybe you're not in the I am so Cubs okay. fan. It's just, it's, you cannot quit on the Bulls. You cannot quit on the I'm Bulls. not quitting. It's just really <laughs> frustrating, especially when, like, this is not the direction. The hardest part about being a fan of a team is when they go in the direction that you don't want them to go in yeah. and you still have to be like, yeah, I'm, let's do this. And it's like, and then yeah, it goes like wrong. Faith. Exactly. Yeah. Like I wanted them to tank, tank, get, <laughs> get a, get a 
Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley. So you're not even happy with the fact that they made the playoffs? I'd no. be psyched if my, my team made the playoffs at least. And, I mean, granted, I'm a Clipper fan, so that's, <laughs> that's probably another reason why. This is the other thing that a lot of Bulls fans, there's this whole like stigma. You have to be happy right now if you're a Bulls fan to make the playoffs. And I, my philosophy is like, when we had Derrick Rose, Joakim Noah, those guys, you know, they were championship or bust mentality, even if Derek, you know, had the injuries that caused him to sit out. But now it's like we celebrate making the first round. That's crazy to me. But yeah. Yeah, welcome, welcome to welcome to the Clippers side. Um, well, last but not least, before the season, odds makers and even NBA GMs predicted the Lakers would play the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA Finals. I'm sure that the networks are <laughs> bummed about that. Right? Um, we we know um, how the Lakers season turned out, and now the Nets are one game away from being swept out of the first round of the playoffs by the Boston Celtics. What went wrong, guys, for the Nets, and what's going on with Kevin Durant in this series? You know, this has been like the entire season so this is nothing new but really quick buckets what's going on with kevin durant kd non-existent i mean this is really weird to watch people are talking about the celtics defense in comparison to the 04 pistons defense that's yeah. what i heard actually on uh the bill simmons podcast today that defense is the reason why he's struggling so much but with that being said you still have to step up and perform yeah it's it's no excuse how do you not at least shoot like 15 to 20 times when you're kevin durant it makes no sense yeah no, it, I, yeah. I agree. I 100% agree. I mean, the, that defense is killing him. Killing him. And that's an understatement. And Kyrie's not stepping up either. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend David Bloom when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Sports Map Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to a future Kings playoff game, that's right, we're giving away playoff tickets or a Galaxy game, call our hotline, 310-400-0340. Okay, joining us now, our good friend David Bloom. David, how are you? Doing great. How are you doing? We are doing well. Uh, before we talk about the teams that are playing right now in the postseason, we know we've we've talked about this with you before, but was you know I was talking to Jihei about the Clippers and how I know that if you're a part of the team, you're kind of bummed watching these games right now. But I really do believe that if they do what I think that they will do, which is basically kind of keep this core, uh, they will go into next season as the favorites in Vegas to win the entire thing because they, they're going to get Kawhi back. They're going to have Paul George. And I just think when you look at the lay of the land, there's not, a, well, unless it's the Warriors, but I really think going into next season, this this team will be the Vegas favorites, which will be, I think for a moment when they got Kawhi and Paul George, they were either the co-favorites or the favorites, but it, it, it'll be a very unique position for the Clippers going into next season to be one of the, you know, in my view, the favorite or the top two favorites to win the whole thing. I mean, that's the hope. That's that's what this season was all about. 
You know, the organization believes that the guys believe that, that right now healthy, you know, barring maybe some minor roster changes, but they really love the guys top to bottom. I mean, anywhere from Kawhi, PG, Reggie, uh, to guys like Luke, Robert Covington, all the way down there to uh, Preston, who's been injured the whole year, Brandon Boston Jr., Amir Coffey, Terrence Mann. It's been a roster that has absolutely blossomed into a eighth-seeded team without Kawhi or PG. Yeah. You know, you forget that, that they added Norm Powell even this season. That's the hope. And obviously, you know, you go through the season, you're going to have your ups where this team looks like the best team in the league. You're going to have your downs where Kawhi is a late scratch, PG is a late scratch. The narrative started to change. Maybe they can't do it. It's all going to accumulate. Uh, it's all going to come together in April. Playoffs are going to start. It's hard to say what's going to happen because injuries are freak. We never know. These guys are prone. We don't know how the roster roster turnover is going to look. There's been rumors surrounding guys like John Wall, maybe a Marcus Morris move. They think maybe we can get somebody bigger. We're not entirely sure, but there's that hope. And that's been what has carried Clipper Nation through this season is this is not the season. Next year's the season. The year after that's the season. This isn't it. And that's got to be okay because all that it can be right now. When you were watching the Clippers during the Chris Paul Blake years, and I was covering that team, and I just always felt that there was going to be something happening. I just remember being in Portland where he hurt his hand, and I remember covering that Thunder series where they had that locked up, and Chris Paul just made mistakes he'd never made in his life. And now that I'm watching him, and they've been so clearly, in my view, the best team this entire league, they're locked in a 2-2 first-round series with the Pelicans, um, listen, he made it to the finals a year ago, had a lot of good fortune on his run there, did not win it. Your thoughts on Chris Paul? Just um, in my view, I don't think he needs to win a championship to prove himself. But just during this time of year, postseason, something always seems to happen with his teams. <laughs> it really does. It's hard. It's hard to explain where it comes from, but obviously Chris Paul has cemented his legacy as one of the greatest point guards to ever do it, just from a mindset point of view. I mean, he's got the abilities, and that's that's never been doubted. I mean, he has one of the best mid-range shots, elbow jumpers in all of history. He's one of the best passers I think we've ever seen, but it's his mind that really elevates him. He's so smart. He's got such an understanding of the floor, of the game, of the plays. It's just... I don't think they had the team to do it with Lob City. I yeah. mean, Blake was in his prime. Chris was the best he's ever been. I don't think that they had the full team. I think that there was a lot missing. And the harder part there as well was there was always that Warriors team in that era that was always better. Like that team, especially when they added Kevin Durant, but even before, you know, when they first started coming on the scene in 2016 when they won 73 games, they were always better. You weren't beating them, no matter, you know, yeah, you lost to the Rockets 3-1 to do what? To go against the Warriors who smoked the Rockets? Like, at a certain point, you weren't doing anything, but the injuries were tough. You know, Blake would always get injured. Chris Paul always found a way to get injured. DJ would manage to stay healthy, but he could only work in the paint. And now we look at it, and Devin Booker's injured on Chris Paul's team, and, and they're 2-2 against an eighth seed, and, and he gets locked up, and and doesn't score a lot of points, and 
and all the footage of the game is just either Brandon Ingram scoring a lot of points or Jose Alvarado giving him trouble. And for as weird and as injury-ridden and as troublesome as Chris Paul's career has been, we really have not seen him be this uncomfortable in a long time. And for a team that looks like the number one team, I know they lost Devin Booker. It's what happens. That's the best player on the best team. They just, it looks like there's a possibility that the Suns don't win the championship this year. And if you told me that at the beginning of the postseason, it'd be a tough pill to swallow because they look like the favorites out West. And they potentially, the way they've been playing with all their role players and all their all their ancillary pieces, they look like the best team in the league. Hey, David, thank you again for joining us. Speaking of the Suns-Pelicans series, the Pelicans, you mentioned it right now, have been so exciting. What is your expectation of this team when Zion comes back? It's tough. It's a tough expectation because he's been the biggest mystery since. I couldn't even tell you. Ben Simmons, Greg Oden. <laughs> like he, he has not come close to living up to the potential career-wise. But in the minimal time that he's played on the floor, he's been excellent. I mean, he's he's a danger in the paint. He can shoot the ball. He is one of the best finishers in the league. He's huge. He can rebound the ball. He was a problem. It's just the injuries and the motivation. And J.J. Redick went and he talked about how Zion was the teammate for his year in, in New Orleans. And this is a scary team when Zion comes back because Brandon Ingram has become a number one option for this team. McCollum's here. Jonas Valanciunas has been excellent. They've got all these other pieces. Herb Jones is coming into his own. You know Alvarado. Jackson Hayes is becoming great. I think that they are a Mavericks-level team with Zion. But the issue is, what are the Mavericks doing? Right? Luka and Dinwiddie and and Brunson scoring 40. But if you're going to be a Mavericks-Jazz-level team with all your guys, you got to do more. I don't think that adding Zion to this team makes them any better. And it's going to take one more, like, all-star starter, all-star high-caliber player to make this team a championship team because right now it just seems like they've made the playoffs too early. They weren't ready to. They still need some more draft picks. They could really use a number lo- uh, another lottery guy. And, yeah, it's fun to make the playoffs and, and, you know, have a chance to win a series against an injured one seed. But you really need that lottery pick. You really need that top pick again. Because, yeah, okay, we can talk about Zion coming back and who he's going to be, but that's if he comes back. And, frankly, we're not in a situation to talk about when Zion comes back, because we've been talking about that for years. And, and sure, maybe the start of next year he comes back, but who's to say he doesn't go down again? It's a really, really tough call, and they're a really tough team to evaluate, because right now we have to look at them without Zion. Who are they without Zion? They're a team that can make the eighth seed and take two off of an injured son. That's fantastic. They're playing with some of the hottest energy in the league, but without a guy like Zion, who they might never have at his full potential, like they cheered in the streets of New Orleans for winning the lottery to draft him, there's no way to evaluate this team going forward with a superstar like Zion. 
Yeah, no, I 100% agree, and especially since you don't really know the timetable for his return. David, thank you again so much for um, always being on the show and being so readily available uh, to us. Uh, do you see, um, as far as the Celtics are concerned, do you see brooms coming out um, for this Celtics uh, net series? Oh, man. That is... Sweeps are the hardest thing to do in, in all of sports, especially basketball, to fully sweep a team. You know, even the war- the Warriors, who have been excellent this series, the Nuggets took the game off them. I would not be shocked if the Warriors took it in five. And I wouldn't be shocked if the Celtics managed to get the series in five. A sweep, especially against a team with two perennial all-stars, is so tough. But the Celtics have been the hottest team in basketball to the point where they're in a situation where they could win the entire thing based off of this momentum. They've dismantled Kevin Durant. He's looked basic. He's looked standard. For a guy that's seven foot with an elite jumper, he's scoring under 20 points. So is Kyrie. Bruce Brown's their leading scorer in game three. They look like the better team. Tatum and Brown look like the better two stars on the floor at all times. The Celtics look more complete. Maybe they don't sweep, but they have the tools to not only win this series, but to win, the, to win the next one, and I'd say two more. And I really, right now, the way that all these teams have been playing, have them as my championship favorite because they go against a Sixers team that's dealing with a little bit of injury, and we know Doc's history. A Heat team that the Hawks have been able to take a game off of. They're, you know, a Bucks team that just lost Chris Middleton. There are not a lot of teams, in my opinion, in the league that can contest the Celtics right now, barring an injury. And the Nets, they do not look like they're going to be the first team to come back. It, it, it does not look like it's going to no. happen. And whether it's a sweep or whether it's a gentleman's sweep, <laughs> it, it's four or five for me. So the Lakers are going to be looking for a coach. Uh, a couple of the guys that they're looking for are currently coaching in, in the postseason. I mean, and who knows if, if, if they can land those guys. One of the interesting ones, a, uh, a name that you know quite well, the Doc Rivers is being talked about. And I don't mm-hmm. know how realistic that is. I don't know where that's coming from. You know, generally when a coach who's currently coaching is up for a job, you know, his representation's putting it out there. Maybe they want to renegotiate. Maybe they're not happy there. Okay, so Doc with the Clippers didn't really work out. He wore out his welcome. Things happen. When you look at this Lakers team with LeBron and AD, I mean, I think the one thing that the coach has to do is get the respect of LeBron. And listen, Doc played in the league. He's won a championship. How do you see that potentially working out? Let's just play this out. Let's just say the Lakers go after Doc. Doc wants to come back to Los Angeles. How do you see that potentially working out? Well, like you said, they've been going after a couple of different guys. I think that out of all of the, the head coaches they could go get, the one that would fail the most would be Doc. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because let's just, you know, Nick Nurse was on the table. He's an excellent coach. Yeah. He's, he took a team that just got a guy who does not want to be there, and he won a championship with him. Mm-hmm. Given that guy who does not want to be there is one of the best defensive players of all time and an elite mid-range scorer. But he took a team that nobody really considered, even with Kawhi, and they won a championship. Doc's a great coach. He's, an, he's a strong basketball mind. 
but you take a extremely rigid team in the Lakers right now. You know, they're old, they're turnover prone, they're they're veterans. So, you know, you have your young guys here and there, you have your shining stars of, of the season. I think Malik Monk was excellent, um, but they're very set in their ways. You have LeBron who is, this is how I play basketball. You have AD who is, you know, this is what I'm here to do. Russ is like, I want to, you know, Barry, he's still here. I want to be in the game during the fourth quarter. I don't want to sit in clutch minutes. I want to be the point guard and handle the ball. And you bring a guy like Doc in there who is notorious for not really making a lot of changes during the game, for being very rigid in his coaching style, for having an opinion and running with it through the entire game. Those two ideologies from this team and that coach would clash so hard that I would not be shocked if Doc was out of that team halfway through. <laughs> and I don't know if Doc sees that as a coach. I don't know if he looks at that and says, maybe this isn't the best fit. Or maybe I have a team with James Harden and Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris, who I previously coached. Maybe I don't want to throw that away to go and work on this project that is this veteran team led by LeBron, who seems to be influencing a lot of decisions that have, in some situations like AD, worked out for the better. In some situations like Russell Westbrook worked out for the worst. It is a possibility. I could absolutely see Doc wanting to come back to LA and coach with a, you know, coach across the hall like so many guys have um, playing-wise. But for success, for any coach, like all these coaches that are in the realm of possibilities for the Lakers, they're a franchise with some of the most prestige ever in any sport. They could get whoever they want to come and, and don the purple and gold. That is the coach that would cause the most issues, so, in my opinion. So for success, David, who is your Lakers coach pick? Oh, well, if, if Nick Nurse decides all, that all day. Toronto is too cold for him <laughs> and he wants to come coach in LA, that's a coach who I think could, could elicit success in LA. He is got such a different mind he's got such a a deeper understanding of what it means to coach players versus coach basketball um and he's shown it he's really proven it recently he still does with the Raptors team that given they're down 3-1 and we're down 3-0 um they're really overachieved you know he's had guys like Van Vliet turn into all-stars and Siakam and Scotty Barnes just won rookie of the year I think he would be the best option. And then you have that realm of that middle, right? You have guys that maybe aren't on the move, but, you know, a lot of teams have really strong coaches. You know, we saw uh, with the Fox did with Budenholzer, um, and we've seen what Billy Donovan's been able to do. Um, guys that had previous success but have gone to teams that are better and have had more success, I could see Nick Nurse doing that on the Lakers, having that more success than he even did in Toronto, but I don't see him leaving just because of how set Toronto can be mm-hmm. with a guy like Scotty Barnes in the next two, three, four years, and how this Laker team, if they're not careful with LeBron's age, with AD's health, with Russ's inability to really be an impact all-star player, could crumble. And it's going to take a really good coach or a really good roster move or player or a long-term commitment by LeBron, who really could play till he's like 42, yeah. to make this team back to where they were in 2020. 
Now, do you think that this core group can still win a championship? Because they are of the minds that are at least like LeBron is. If we're healthy and as a huge if with that team, LeBron with Anthony Davis, you put some other, you know, again, this is what they did in 2020. They were like, let's just get those two guys and then we'll piece together the, the team. Now, they did a poor job of piecing together the rest of the team, beginning with Russell Westbrook. But do you think that that group, that core, that those two guys, and when they're healthy, you know, perhaps two of the top five, two of the top, whatever, six, ten players in the league, can that team win a championship still? Well, LeBron's always a threat. Yeah. I mean, eight finals in a row and, and championships with, with three different teams, three different finals MVPs, he's always a threat to make the finals, to win the whole thing, no matter who you put him on the team with. I mean, it was different when he was younger than when he's older, but it's not like he's lost anything. Yeah. Obviously, the turnovers have come with age. It happens, but he's not washed. He's still unbelievable. Top three, top two players in the NBA. With AD healthy, I think they could make the postseason. I really do. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be with Russell Westbrook. I think that he is just he adds to that idea of the turnovers of the issue. And that was really the biggest issue is the turnovers and uh, the inability to play defense down the stretch as well as make shots that contest with other teams. But when you have a guy like Russell Westbrook on the team, it changes the narrative. Let's just say they trade him. Let's say they trade him for virtually nothing. I mean, another role yeah. player, right? You get rid of him. It, it didn't work. We have our two guys. We don't add a third. We just rock with the two. I think that that's a playoff team, but but with the teams that are in the postseason now, and with the teams that are upcoming, like the Clippers and the Bucks get Middleton back maybe next year. That was unforeseen, and and Miami's doing great, and Philadelphia's got to get a full season under the belt. Maybe Ben Simmons comes back, and he's a big impact in Brooklyn. We don't know right yeah. now. It's been frustrating, but it would take more than just those two guys. Mm. It would really take another guy of what they thought Russell Westbrook would be. And a younger, stronger, more chemistry-driven core like they had in 2020 to win them a championship. Because that's what people say about that about that championship, regardless of bubble, who they played, whatever. Yeah. Is, look at the chemistry. Look at the chemistry of that team. That's what we love. That's what all the fans say. You know, the, the guys played great. But it's really going to take a better young core. And I think they can do it, but there's such a ticking clock that I don't know. I, I totally agree with you there. I mean, people don't realize that that group had Caruso, KCP, Kuzma. I mean, that was the core group, and they traded it all away. So, anyways, David, you're the best. Thanks so much. We'll do this again next week. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend now? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.